Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Steve Kenyon Podcast, heading into the final weekend of the month of February 2024. The year is already just darn near two months old, and professional rodeo season is actually into its fifth, almost completed with its fifth month. Remember, the PRCA season starts on October the 1st. The countdown is on to the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. I want to start today by welcoming a brand new sponsor to the Steve Kenyon Podcast, our friends at Classic Rope. They're online at ClassicRope.com, Classic Equine, play to win. We are Classic Equine online at ClassicEquine.com. They will bring you our featured interview coming up in a few minutes from now with Tyson Durfee, the 2016 world champion tie-down roper. Today, Tyson is in the motivation business. He's in the education business, the mentoring business. He's got a lot of business interests along with his wife, Shay, and we will talk about all of that coming up. You need to follow Tyson Durfee on uh, social media. He says some very thoughtful, inspiring things. Some Some of the stuff that Tyson will put out there on his social media pages, to be honest, it's, it's that kind of thing that just at a moment when you need to hear something, Tyson seems to say it. And uh, we'll, we'll get a lot more with Tyson coming up. In a couple of minutes, we'll talk to Jordan Joe Hollibaugh, the host of the In the Loop podcast. She just had a big showing at the American Contender Regional Finals. She's headed on to Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas, March 9th for the American Rodeo and a chance to maybe just maybe win a million dollars at the American. We'll get into that in just a moment. Today's program is being sponsored by Wrangler. Long live Cowboys. Thank you to the Justin Boot Company, to Prefert, number one in ranch and rodeo, to resist all. We wear it every day. To unbeatable feeds. I know I keep saying this. Our horses love the new forage-only feed. You can find it at unbeatablefeeds.com. Find a dealer near you at unbeatablefeeds.com. And the countdown is on to M2 Ranch Jerky and M2 Ranch Jerky showing up in a store near you. They have released their website. It is M and then a dash, the number two, jerky.com. M dash, the numeral two, jerky.com you read some testimonials i put one on there mitch pollock saddle bronc rider we all love the product m2 ranch jerky m dash the number two dot com jordan joe hollibaugh just gave herself a unique opportunity in abilene texas a couple of weeks ago she was the champion of the breakaway roping that paid fifteen thousand dollars and has moved on now to compete at the american rodeo at globe life field on march the 9th with a chance to maybe win a million I talked to Jordan about the In The Loop podcast, about breakaway roping, and about her success in Abilene. You told me before we started this, um, you had one run for $15,000, and you weren't even sure you got out. Yeah, uh, it was it was crazy. You know, we, we roped fresh calves there. They had had three runs on them. The girls had come and preconditioned them the day before. Um, Heath Stewart put together a good set of calves, but they were fresh. And so it was a tough setup yesterday. Um, just cause they were kind of hesitating and then they were big, strong calves and they ran hard. And so it wasn't something that we're used to seeing a lot of the times in the, in the setups that we rope in and especially for a one header. So I thought it was pretty, pretty difficult, but I, um, Man, I've got to give a lot of credit to my pusher, Matt Reeves. He was in there. He had to do a great job because I have no idea how I got out. And my husband was yelling no the whole time. And I guess I pulled enough and it just worked. Uh, The most underappreciated job in professional rodeo, the pusher in the timed events. Yeah, most certainly. They make such a big difference. And, you know, I love the... 
I love all the contestants in rodeo, but I really love the Bulldoggers because I feel like their event is so much there's so much similarity to theirs and ours as far as the score goes. And so it's a big deal to them if you can get out or not. And so they put a lot of effort into pushing. And so I'm always trying to find a bulldogger to get on my side. And I do <laughs> offer my services to push for them as well, but I nobody's taken me up on it yet. So I'm not too disappointed. Well, you know, be careful what you wish for. Someday it might happen. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Um, Jordan, let's talk about the, just to remind everybody of the format, which one of the, the three contender regionals did you go through? There was one in Oklahoma City, there was one in Las Vegas, and there was one in Kentucky. Which one did you go through? Um, kind of talk about how you got here. So I went through Oklahoma City. Um, I entered just the central region, was the only region I entered, and I got two spots there. And so I carried in both of my spots into the regional finals at Oklahoma City. Um, on one of my spots, I did great and made it back. On the other spot, I broke out and didn't do good. And so I only made it back to the short round there one time. When we got to Oklahoma City, everybody got two, and then they brought – I think the top 15 or 10, I can't remember. It's been a while ago. This thing is kind of a marathon. Yeah. Um, but they brought back, I think the top 10 to the contender finals, regional finals. And then they took the five out of that. So I was fortunate to win third at Oklahoma city. And then that carried me into the contender finals here in Abilene. And um, man, it was, you know, I, I, I love hearing and you watch it on the Cowboy Channel. We talk about it on these podcasts. We hear it at the American, the WCRA. Everybody's like, man, these perfs are stacked. I'm like, no, the breakaway roping is just stacked. I mean, the ladies that rope are just amazing. And it is always stacked because yeah. the competition is fierce. And so there was some 15 of the best girls there roping yesterday. And like I said, it was a tough setup and the cows were tough. And, and I, I was lucky to draw good and my horse did good and it all worked out. But um, it was kind of a marathon to get there, but it we got to rope a lot of calves, and I love roping calves, so that was fun. The top five from yesterday go on to Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas, for the American. The American Western Re Weekend is March 8th and 9th. A year ago, Jackie Crawford won $600,000. And I know you've had Jackie on the In the, in the Loop podcast, and you asked her about the impact of that. Did you ask her about roping? Are you, are you going to reach out to Jackie and get a little feel for what it's like at Globe Life Field? Oh, most certainly. I mean, you don't want to reinvent the wheel. And Jackie's been there so many times. I mean, I don't know how many times she's even won the American, let alone now she's a, a co-owner, co-winner of the half a million. Um, yeah, um, you know, that's some, something that's really cool about Breakway is we get to talk about all the things that we do together and, and pick each other's brains. And I think that that makes it really fun. And, um, you know, Jackie's a veteran and I think just wants so much in rodeo and roping and, and breakaway roping and you have to pick her brain at all times. So yeah, I'm sure she'll be getting a phone call from me. Yeah. Well, and let's not discount what Jordan Joe has accomplished in her life. She's a national finalist, was the first champion in Cheyenne, produces a great podcast could traditionally in the top 15, the top 20, the top 25, at least. Um, you've got an opportunity for a big boost. Have you let your mind wander a little bit to some big money sometime in the beginning of March of 2024? You know what? I think anybody would be just tremendously blessed to have that opportunity. And I'm just going to take it one calf at a time. Um, I would love to win the million dollars and, and hold that check up again and um, stand on that stage. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know what? I'm blessed. I'm healthy. I'm fortunate. Uh, my family and I are healthy and I get to do what I love every day, day in and day out. And um, that's what gets me up every morning. That's what that's my why. And so I'm just going to try to keep it there and just deep, just be in the present moment and get to show up and rope and see how it turns out. Two, two quick last questions. Tell me about the horse you roped on. 
the horse I roped on is a mare we've owned for the last four or five years. Her name is Cookie. Uh, it's actually the horse I rode at the first NFBR that I made. And um, she was really young then. And she's she's a very powerful horse. And my husband and I both ride her a lot. And I'm very thankful. You know, she's been a horse I've had to really learn how to ride and um, get with. And I've had to step my game up to be able to ride ride her. And, um, you know, she, she makes my job really easy. And I'm very thankful for that. And... Um, you know, I feel like she just, she's, she's very powerful. So I've got to stay on top of my game and I've got to stay fit, stay strong and be ready. And, um, yeah, my husband and my husband ropes on her a lot. He actually, um, for those of you who know a little bit about tie down roping the day before he not roped some on her and she was really stopping really hard. And I told him after I roped him, like, man, I barely got it there. <laughs> she was, she was planting her butt in the ground. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's something that I'm thankful for her and, um, She's she's given me a lot of opportunities. Um, what's coming up on the End the Loop podcast? What do you got planned? You know, you and I we're teaming up together on the End the Loop and all the things. Eight Seconds Media. We have, you know, I love that about podcasting because we get to we get to co partner in that. We get to talk, get to share these stories, and pick each other's brains. But um, you know, we're talking to some of the rodeo committees this year is something I really have a heart for. I want to give them a platform to talk about what they do behind the scenes and how special their rodeos are and how breakaways um, been a part of that. And so kind of diving off a little bit into that. And um, yeah, we have some things coming up with some ag, ag details and podcasts in March. And, you know, I don't really know. I try not to plan just a whole lot because there's so much happening so fast that you never know, but I'm just, I love that I get to tell these stories and you know, I love to talk. And so, yeah, we'll just see where it takes us. Jordan did a great show a couple of weeks ago. I forget exactly when Jordan, but uh, the bareback riders have gotten together and the, the bucking horse riders in pro rodeo to honor the memory of Trenton Montero. And I really, if folks haven't listened to that show, please do, because there was, there was some really, uh, those guys are, are trying hard to remember a dear friend. I tell you what, if that doesn't make you get your Kleenex box out and yeah. cry, I don't know what does. I was I was trying to fight back the tears while I was doing that podcast. But I tell you what, it's so cool to see our rodeo family really put their put their hearts and character into action. And the Trenton Montero Foundation is going to do nothing but good things. We got to team up with Ag Truck Trader. They brought us that series. Leighton Berry picked the Trenton Montero Foundation as his charity of choice. We're going to give a big check March 19th to the charity. There's five of us on the team, and we all picked a charity. So we have everybody go and vote for our charity on agtrucktrader.com. But the Trent Montero charity is just so partial and dear to my heart because it's Cowboys helping Cowboys to create a legacy in their families in and out of the arena, whether they can pay their bills, whether they can't, whether when or where tragedy affects them. And you know what? They're coming together and, and they're putting – they're putting everything they've got in one basket, trying to raise money and create this legacy for Noah, his son, and his wife. And um, it's really just – it just make, does your heart good to see that, you know, they do care about people in and out of the arena. And um, the golden rule really plays effect into what we do every day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jordan Joe Hollibaugh was 2.21 at the American uh, Contender Regional Finals in Abilene, Texas over the weekend. One run for $15,000. That had put a knot in my stomach. I, you're, you're better than I am at these things, but that had, I mean, that's a lot to have on one, two, three second run. Yeah, honestly, I didn't even know it paid 15000 until I was listening to the bareback riders and heard their interview and um, he won 15000 I was like, holy cow, it's a $15,000 one-header. This is awesome. And so, man, you know what? Just to look back on the opportunities that the American has really given breakaway ropers, they were one of the first that gave us this kind of platform and gave us equal money and were 
equally competing along all these other cowboys and cowgirls, it's amazing and it's life changing money. And, um, you know, a lot of hard work goes into everything that we do, whether you're a cowboy, cowgirl, all the things. And it's pretty neat to have the opportunity to compete for that kind of money um, one time and then, you know, keep advancing. So it's it's um, I'm just thankful. Jordan, I'm shocked. I asked you for five minutes. I kept you for 10. I'm shocked um, that uh, I was able to, I mean, it's kind of the way things roll with, with when we get together. <laughs> uh, Jordan, Joe Holoboff, congratulations on the American uh, Contender Finals, and good luck when you get to uh, Globe Life Field. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. Jordan, Joe Holoboff, the host of the In The Loop podcast, AmericanRodeo.com for all the details on everything that's happening surrounding the American Rodeo for 2024. We're going to take a time out. When we come back, Tyson Durfee, our featured interview of the week, brought to you by Classic Equine and Classic Ropes. Thanks for joining us on the Steve Kenyon Podcast. There's no pretending to being a cowboy. Either you are or you aren't which is why everything we do as a company improves or preserves this way of life. The romance, the honesty, the toughness, the craft. More cowboys, please. America could use them. Resist all. We live it every day. Hey y'all, this is Cody Johnson. When I was starting out in music, most every radio station and venue I went to told me no. At that point, you got two options, tuck tail and quit or buckle down and fight. Well, I'm a fighter, not a quitter. And that's why I wear Wrangler jeans and shirts. Their toughness and style are legendary. They're an iconic symbol of the West, and there's no quit in them either. Life's not about the destination. It's about the journey. And if I'm going to enjoy the ride, I'm riding in Wrangler. Wrangler, long live. New styles join our time-tested Justin Bent Rail collection. Like the rugged men and women who wear them, these boots stand for quality, integrity, tradition, and hard work. Straight from our legendary El Paso factory, our expert bootmakers build these boots with features that would make even the earliest cowboys proud. Outfit yourself today with a Bent Rail Collection by Justin. Where are you staying during the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo? You ought to think about the Grand View at Las Vegas. We've stayed there ever since 2008 when we started doing the uh, NFR radio broadcast on our old ProRadioLive.com website and uh, clean, comfortable rooms right next door to the South Point, conveniently located to the Strip, the Grand View at Las Vegas, DailyManagementResorts.com. I hope you've been following all the new things we are doing on Next Gen Rodeo Media. You can go to the Next Gen Rodeo social media sites. Uh, we've got a couple, two, three times a week now, Western Sports Recap, highlighting some of the news that is making news in the world of Western Sports. Uh, we're doing all of that on the Next Gen Rodeo Media Facebook page, Instagram, social media accounts, and on the Next Gen Rodeo app, Next Gen Rodeo Media, powered by Rodeo Logistics. Tyson Durfee is a world champion. Won a gold buckle in 2016. Won three Canadian titles. Qualified for the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo a lot in his career in professional rodeo. Retired a couple of years ago. And now he is in the public speaking business. He and his wife, Shay, own Shay Michelle uh, Buckles, Shay Baby Boots. There's no slowing down for Tyson Durfee. And I thought it would be fun to get his perspective on not really roping, but life. Tyson Durfee joins us. Our featured interview this week is being presented by Classic Equine and by Classic Ropes. Classic Equine, play to win 
We are Classic Equine online at ClassicEquine.com. And Classic Rope, success is in your hands online at ClassicRope.com. Here's our interview to this week's featured interview with Tyson Durfee. Welcome to the Steve Canyon Podcast, our featured interview this week, sponsored by Classic Equine and Classic Ropes, and it's Tyson Durfee, who is a world champion tie-down roper. He won a gold buckle in 2016, 14-time NFR qualifier, broke the ice for Americans to win world titles in Canada. He was a Canadian champion three times, and I doubt very seriously we're going to talk a lot about roping in this interview, but we'll see where it goes. Uh, Hey, Tyson, how are you? I am phenomenal. I'm excited about it. This is, you know... I've done literally thousands of interviews, a lot of them from you. That's like, tell me about your run. Yeah. And then I elaborate on, you know, how I did. So this is fun. This is something that's, you know, not new to me. So I'm excited about it. So here's what I, when I reached out to Tyson, Tyson, here's what I had in my mind as to where I wanted this to go. And I don't often start an interview by saying, here's what I think we're going to talk about because (laughs) frequently with me, we don't talk about any of it, but, um, you you aren't rodeoing as hard as you used to. Obviously, you've mm-hmm. you've committed your life to your family, to your businesses, to um, other things. You are one of the best motivators that I know, and and I'm gonna I'm just gonna start right off the top by saying I follow Tyson Durfee a lot, especially on Facebook because I'm not smart enough to make Instagram work, um, and read just his stuff and his commentary and you frequently post something on Instagram or on Facebook Tyson that is a question or is a is a motivating reel or something where you ask what are you doing to make your life better today and it always seems like it falls exactly in my lap at exactly the right time um and I don't know if you hear that from a lot of other people but to me you've 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 gone from being one of the best ropers in the country to being one of the best motivators in the country. I should probably let the guests talk now. Um, your reaction to that. Honestly, I'm humbled, I guess would be the the biggest thing is, you know, um, I try to be the guy that I never had when I was younger. And, you know, for many years of my life, I was not Mr. Optimistic. I was not Mr. Motivation. I was not Mr. Hey, happy go lucky smile all the time. Like I didn't believe in myself. I had insecurities. I worried constantly. I uh, felt constantly like I wasn't good enough. Um, and I realized one day, and, and it's a long story that I could uh, basically be the kind of person that I wanted to be simply by acting it out, Yeah. just acting it out. And I'll be honest, Mr. Happy-go-lucky that put on the smile one day and got didn't didn't look back for about the first couple of years was an imposter. Like, why are you smiling? You, you're not actually that happy. And then people that I knew also would say, hey, you know, Tyson, you've changed. What, what's going on with you? What do you do? This is a fake. And now 20 years later, that guy is who I am as a human being deep down in my heart and my soul. And I just try to be the guy that a lot of people don't have. Somebody that will be kind to them, but also somebody that will shake them up a little bit and say, Hey, what are you doing? Yeah. Stop wasting time. Um, tell me about your, tell me what you're doing today. Um, are you rodeoing at all, Tyson? Are None. You... I retired. Yeah. I retired. That's, that's what I thought. Um, I, I thought I'd seen your name did, on a yeah. couple of day sheets, but you're, you're focusing on business interests now. 
Yeah, business uh, businesses uh, speaking. I'm doing a ton of public speaking. Uh, different, you know, youth rodeo associations, uh, corporate things. Uh, been doing a lot of that, but um, really, I'm focused on, you know, building my real estate portfolio, speaking, you know, what I believe the world needs: cowboy truth, cowboy work ethic, cowboy motivation. Raising my kids, I got three amazing kids and an amazing wife, and uh, we've recently got a really nice barrel horse, so we are going to be rodeoing a little bit this mm -hmm. summer. Um, but I'm retired. I'm done. And I always felt like, you know, when a guy retired from rodeo, he just disappeared and you never heard from him ever again. And I don't want that to be me, but I understand that struggle. Like retiring from rodeo is probably one of the hardest things that I've ever done. And I, and I can firmly tell you the hardest thing with rodeo being a professional athlete is quitting. Yeah. It's not winning the championships. It's not, um, you know, smiling for the cameras. It's not, any of that. You think it's hard when you're doing it, but the hardest thing that you could, would ever do as a rodeo athlete is stopping, is quitting, is, is you know, going on to that next chapter. And I can honestly tell you, I've struggled with it for a couple of years, and it took me a couple of years to be able to verbalize it and say it out to the world. It's freaking hard. I'm going to tell you that. Is it quitting the competition or is it quitting the the – the, a lot of athletes leave their sport in team sports, and I've heard this from rodeo athletes too, and they say the hardest thing is the, is missing the guys in the locker room, missing the other guys that they competed with and against. Um, is Can you put your finger on that? Yeah, 100%. Uh, I think the hardest thing for me is loss of identity. You know, when I was a little kid, all I wanted to be was the best calf roper I could possibly be. And eventually that grew into enough confidence to make the NFR. And then eventually it grew into enough confidence to set my sights on a world championship. And so that was my North star, like going to the arena competing. And I enjoyed everything that went along with it. I enjoyed the guys. Heck there are times at rodeos. I just enjoy getting back there and, and helping out anybody that need help like loading cattle. I mean, numerous times I would get back in the back pen and help people load cattle. I'd be like, you know, and of course you got some rookie guy that's never pushed a steer or a calf in his life. Right. And he's just covered in crap from head to toe. Yeah. I'm like, Hey man, you mind if I just jump back there and show you a couple of like easy things you can do to not get kicked and not get crapped on so much. And so I just enjoyed everything about it from the competition to the, the dirt in the arena to uh, people like you, the amazing people that I met along the way. I, I enjoyed and loved everything to do with it. As I got later in years, the only thing I didn't like was leaving my family. And that, for me, was the straw that broke the camel's back. I couldn't be Mr. Greatest Athlete in the World traveling 250 days a year and the best dad. Now, some people can. I just couldn't. And so, at my age, I decided, you know, I and I took a couple years of thought. I said, I'm going to step away. I'm going to go do another thing. Um, but loss of identity was hard. And it was a mixture for me because there was a lot of people that I really love the best memories I had in my life were at rodeos um, and the people I met through rodeo. But I decided, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to be on the stage winning the gold buckle anymore, but maybe I can help support other people in pursuit of their rodeo dream or of their dream, whatever it is. And that's really what allowed me was less focus on myself and more focus on others. And it just seemed to like open the door a little bit. So what's your identity today, Tyson? Your identity was world champion tie-down roper. Your identity yeah. was one of the top 15 in the world. It was the guy who always wore pink. What's your identity today? Wow. I would say the cowboy motivator. Yeah. The cowboy motivator and the cowboy businessman. You know, uh, 
obviously my wife and my family and my God come in front of everything else as always, even when I was writing. But other than that, it's like the cowboy motivator, the cowboy businessman, like put a cowboy hat on and attack the other things in life. Just like I attacked winning in the arena, full tilt, hundred percent all in. And, you know, literally just don't take no for an answer. Like that's how I made my first NFR was not taking no for, you know, an answer. And like, just, finding the right people to help me get from A to B. Yeah. Uh, Tyson Durfee is joining us. And uh, Tyson and I have known each other for, gosh, 20 years, more or less. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and you really, I think we all had a chance to kind of watch. There's, there's a progression, I think, in the rodeo business with especially guys who reach the elite level and, and ladies who reach the elite level where you're young, you're all in, you're going, you're going to enter everything. Um, and then you meet somebody and then you fall in love and then you start a family and then it starts yeah. to get hard to leave home. And then you still want to compete, but you're trying to work that balance out. Am I right in what I just said? For almost all rodeo cowboys, that is what it is. And I'll be honest with you, the rodeo lifestyle is hard to leave. And there begins to be a point sometimes, and I've seen it a lot, where guys can go the full tilt, 100% rodeo lifestyle and everything that it entails from the after parties to the fun, or they can go to their family. And I watched that transition too many guy times where guys would choose to continue rodeoing past their prime. And then maybe they start having a little bit too much fun. Maybe they, you know, go to the beer garden a little too much and met somebody else. And I just would not do that. I was like, okay, that is not going to be my lifestyle. That's not going to be me. My Me, I'm going to do as good as I can in the arena, and then I'm going to do as good as I can in my family. And exactly what you said is like the progression of almost every single rodeo cowboy, yeah. right? At Towards then, you have a decision. Am I going to go take care of business at home, or am I going to continue chasing this lifestyle? Not that that lifestyle, there's anything wrong with it, but – for me, it was hard when I had the family and I, and I faced that fork in the road that a lot of rodeo cowboys end up facing. And I tried to do it as best as I could. And I'll be honest with you. I see why, you know, cowboys talk about their glory days. Yeah. I see why, you know, it's the old men in the coffee shop with all their cowboy hats on, sit on and talk about what they did. Cause it's such a fun time. Yeah, It really is a fun time. But to me, I always have the attitude like the best days are the next days. You know, Mike Johnson, for those of you that are listening to this, might know who Mike Johnson is. Uh, I certainly do because he revolutionized my life and the way I rode calves. He said to me, he said, Tyson, tell me what the best rodeo and the most important rodeo of your life is. And I'm like, I don't know, maybe Cheyenne or maybe, you know, uh, Salinas or the NFR. And I'm thinking, you know, very like tactically, what is the?" And he said, Tyson, it's the next one. The next rodeo is always the most important rodeo of your life. And when I left the arena and, ch and started chasing life, I just looked at it as like, that's my next rodeo. Yeah. That's my next run. Yeah. And there's a lot of cowboy wisdom in that, knowing when to step away and start something new. I want to I kind of morph away a little bit from, from some of the, the, the actual rodeo stuff that we've been talking about, because mm -hmm. what you just said, to me, Tyson, an awful lot of what you have just said, you know, when you say what's the most important rodeo in your life, it's the next one. You can insert any word in there other than rodeo. 
What's the most important yeah. event? What's the most important thing that's going to happen? And and there are philosophies of rodeo that become philosophies of life. Yeah. That sound weird or that makes sense? That's I think it's it's what I call cowboy wisdom. Yeah, you know, and we can get into ranch cowboy wisdom or rodeo cowboy wisdom, but it's just cowboy wisdom. It's it's something that it's because you learn it through the school of hard knocks or you learn these lessons. And, you know, if a person's wise, they'll take what the old cowboy said and put it into use and maybe avoid some of those knocks themselves. Yeah. Tell me about um, the, the, the various business opportunities you're involved with. There's a website called no limits membership yeah. where you, you kind of help to, to coach and mentor breakaway ropers and tie down ropers. But your yeah. wife, Shay, has got her name on a couple of great businesses. I have a knife sitting over here I should grab and show you that Martha Josie sent to me that Shay made. There's a buckle hanging on a belt up here from the Gooding Pro Rodeo in Gooding, Idaho. That's, uh, yeah. I think it's, is it Shea Baby Buckles or Shea Michelle Buckles? Um, yeah, you you and Shay have created great businesses together. Honestly, you know, um, and this is a, a more of a tactical lesson, but I learned this a long time ago. I was like, how can you vertically integrate what you do and who you are as a human being into some type of business models. And my wife There's the knife, is, by the way. There's the knife. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. There you go. My wife, by the way, is way smarter and way more talented than me. Uh, I'm like every smart man. I marry way above my pay grade. Um, and we realized a long time ago that um, being a rodeo cowboy doesn't pay that great. You know, it looks like it does from the outside. Yeah. But when you got to buy a hundred thousand dollar truck and a, you know hundred and well two hundred thousand dollar trailer now and a hundred thousand dollar horse, like yeah, you roll a lot of dollars. But what is the profit of that? And my wife, being so savvy and so smart, um, had a belt buckle company when we started dating. And long story short, um, I was just like, hey, I should start calling on some associations and seeing if we could get some of their business. So we did that. And then a few years later, we get married, we're having kids, we're doing all this stuff. I'm thinking, you know, baby, you are such a designer. I mean, just with her music, you know, she's had five number ones in Australia and two platinum albums, had a top 20 here in the U.S. on CMT, Country Music Channel, and uh, our country music television back in the day. I'm like, you are an artist by design. So then uh, we started uh, Shea Baby uh, clothing line, and that's been going on for eight years now. Hmm. And above and beyond that, I'm like, hey, I like media. Let's uh, try to mentor some of these younger athletes in the roping. So we started No Limits. And then we continuously have invested in real estate, any profits that we had over the last uh, decade and a half, and just kept building and building and building that. And that's really, you know, everything that I have has come from the Western lifestyle. Everything that I have has come from the rodeo environment. And there are so many opportunities for a young rodeo athlete, whether you're a world champion or not to build a business that fits within that lifestyle because your customers are people who know, like, and trust you already because you carry yourself with integrity and you have a firm handshake and you're honest. And, and um, when you do that, it makes it so much easier to, to build wealth in the rodeo business. And it's not just the people who are world champions, but it can happen for anybody. If you just go back to those good old cowboy ethics and I call it vertically integrate, in this system and people that you already, you know, correlate with. Tyson, what is your, I don't want to give, you know, people, people hire you to go speak and I don't want to ask sure. you to give away the whole farm, but 
when you go to a junior rodeo association, a high school yeah. rodeo association, um, somebody's tough enough to wear pink luncheon, where, wherever you've been, what is your message to young potential rodeo superstars when you're talking to them? What is What are the two or three things that you want them to take away? And are there one or two pitfalls you try to warn them off of? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hundred percent. If I'm talking to youth rodeo association, number one is don't judge your real life based on what social media is pointing at you. Thank God. If you think that life is what you see on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, that's not reality. That's not even true. That's one message. I have several stories to tie that in, get young people over that hurdle. The next message is do the work without your parents having to tell you to do it. If you know there's something inside that you should be doing Don't wait for your parents to tell you, go do it yourself. Because you think right now that, oh, my parents are going to tell me to go clean the stalls or they're going to brush my horse. But you taking that action without them telling you is so much more than what they're telling you in that moment. It's a representation for the rest of your life. It means doing above and beyond what you're expected to and above and beyond what you're paid for. And if you carry that throughout your entire life, that is the recipe for being a freaking champion, not only in the arena, but only in life, not also in life. And so those are two main messages uh, for youth. Another one is I don't like people comparing. Don't compare your horse to their horse. I don't have enough money. They've got all the money for the big rig and the big horse. I'm skinny and weak and that guy's big and strong. The comparison is, is a trap and it just pulls you down. And I have several stories that, you know, tie this in. But those are three main messages I try to get through to the younger people because they're stuck in social media land. They're stuck in social media land. I'm looking, speaking of stuck in social media land, um, I'm looking at your Facebook page and I'm looking at a post you put up and you say this, negativity always spreads faster and further than positivity. It's a proven fact. That, That has to tie into everything you just said. Yeah. I mean, why does, the, why does the news, why does the media, I mean, everything is negative, 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 yeah. negative, negative. It's always negative because they know that drives attention. It's like if I was to get into a big, huge fight with some other well-known athlete and post it all over social media, what would that do? That would grow very quickly, oh, yeah, right? Especially if it's public. Yeah. Yeah. But if I say, holy crap, Chad, that was the best run I've ever seen in my life. Good job. How, how much is that going to spread? It's not going to spread. Right. It's going to be just like Tyson just said, Chad made a great run, whatever. But if I called Chad out and I'm like, you know, good, blah, 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 that would spread so much further. And so we have to be careful what we put in our mind. That's why I refuse to say anything bad about other people. I don't verbalize it. And then the second thing is I understand when there's a narrative behind what I'm being fed. Okay, if I'm being fed this and it's uber negative, why? Why would I do that? Yeah. What what purpose is that going to, is it going to make somebody better? Is it going to lift somebody up? Is it going to make me more money? Is it like, what's the narrative? And so I call it thinking on different levels. I look deeper into it and say, all right, that doesn't serve anything. I'm not going to waste my time on that. And from my estimation, a negative statement is at least seven times more powerful than a positive one. You know, we're... so how, go ahead. No, how can you talk negatively about yourself on a consistent basis and expect a positive result? It's not going to happen. In the beginning, God created the world with a spoken word. Yeah. So if we're speaking negatively to ourselves, 
We're not going to produce positive fruit. You have to speak positivity to yourself. Even if you don't feel it, even if you're upset, even if you're negative, start speaking positive because eventually that will take over your mindset. We're about to launch into a political, well, no, we're about to, we're into a political campaign season. <laughs> yeah. And sometime in the next three days to, to eight months, we're all going to be looking at our televisions going, my God, I'm tired of these negative ads. But yeah. that seems like yeah. all they, I, we, we get fed that during an election campaign, every single, we all complain about it and that's what they run every time. Let me ask you this. Somebody is told it the, somebody is they it, work. It, well, here, this is the reason they do it is because it works. Yeah. If human beings would retrain their mind not to listen to that BS, not yeah. to listen to that, you know, Jerry Springer, uh, Oprah drama kind of environment, then they wouldn't market the news that way. It's individually up to us to reprogram our mind. And then the world comes from outside after you fix what's inside. Yeah. Now, why does Trump say, you know, mega big things? Well, number one, he's a New Yorker. I have, I've happened to spend a little bit of time in New York City. I proposed to my wife there. I have a lot of friends there. I've been on uh, many business trips to New York. That's the way they are in the construction industry in New York. So that's Trump at his core. That's how we was raised. But he also does it because it bolsters attention. It gets him attention. I happen to like the President Trump a lot. I met him a couple of months ago and got to spend a few minutes with him. I am a firm supporter. But what I'm saying is if that didn't gain attention from society, he wouldn't do that. He would change his tactics because he's a smart businessman. And so would the rest of media. And so to me, the problem is not the media. The problem is us. And the great thing about it being us is we're in control and we can fix it and we can change it. It's not everybody else's problem. It's our problem. We change us. Then the world changes. That's the way it goes. So that leads me into another. I, I wanted to just offer a couple of things that, that I've seen that Tyson has posted and said. Um, this was on February 16th. You wrote this or, or said this. Instead of asking yourself, why not me? You should be yeah. evaluating what actions you are taking, what your attitude is, and what you are doing every day to achieve your goal. This is no secret. It can be you. You just have to put in the work. And that is one thing that, that I can tell you firsthand from watching Tyson Durfee in action for a lot of years. He always put in the work. And yeah. um, if you're working harder and smarter than everybody else, you can't help but succeed, can you? I mean, I'm a firm believer in it. Uh, you know, the, the issue with that is people want results super fast now. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's very hard, you know, to continue on a path that you feel that you're supposed to when you don't see a lot of results. The thing is you have to chip away at the stone. You have to put in consistent days and weeks and, and hours and months and years. And the way you do that without getting accolades is you should actually love what you do. Yeah. Like I love my God. I love my family and I love the Western lifestyle, the rodeo lifestyle, the cowboy lifestyle. And I would go to my grave for any one of those. I love it that much. And so if somebody jumps on me because I posted a picture of me and President Trump or I posted a picture or whatever, I literally just don't care. Yeah. I don't, I'm not swayed by what other people think. And I think that's part of it. There's two pronged approach there. 
It's consistently doing what you love day in and day out. But then it's also being so called in your mission that it doesn't matter what other people think. Because remember, our negative minds, if we get 10 comments on a post, will always gravitate towards the one negative one. And it will overcome all the positive. But if you're a trained person, you have mental toughness and you know what your mission is, you feel called to do it, then all that other stuff is just noise. It doesn't matter. Uh, much like a rodeo athlete going to yeah. compete. If you know you're meant to go compete and it's your passion, it's your desire to go, even if you come from no money and you, your parents weren't rodeo people and you're trying to get in this lifestyle and it's hard, if you feel called to do it, even if people say you should never do that, you're not good enough, you're not going to make it, you didn't come from a rodeo back, you should stay on that path because that path was eventually what's going to give you the happiness and fulfillment that you've been searching for your whole life. It shouldn't be taken away by the little, little pipsqueaks, right? Online, the Ron 27 or the negative Nancy 34. Like <laughs> these people don't even post anything. Like they don't even have a damn photo out there. Yeah. Like why do we care what they think? Exactly. Right? Exactly. You'd have laughed. You'd have laughed at me. You've known me long enough. You'd have just laughed at me during the NFR this year. I was doing a show every day on Next Gen Rodeo Media with Lindsay Rosser Sumter. And Lindsay's a college oh, yeah, rodeo she's coach. Awesome. She's a very, she's an awesome lady. And, yeah. and little, little secret about Steve. Frequently I will stumble or make a mistake and I will flip the microphone off and just growl at myself. And then I'll flip the microphone <laughs> right back on and go for it. And she would, I mean, she literally a couple of times kicked me under the table. Nothing but positive self-talk here. Um, you know, and, and it, I really needed to listen to her. It kind of became, after a while, it kind of became a joke. I would just do it just to see if I could irritate her. But um, it was, you know, she really made a good point, which is, yeah, okay. So you said, uh, instead of awe one time, just get over it and build a bridge and move on with it. Um, and that's, that's kind of what you're saying here um, is keep it positive, keep it real and ignore all the, I think, I think we all spend so much time walking around with these things in our hands anymore, staring at them that, mm -hmm. you know, we kind of forget about the real world outside that little screen. You know what? Here's the deal. If there wasn't a phone, I would be sending you and, and posting on social media. If there wasn't digital media, there wasn't a phone. I'd be sending you a, a newsletter mm -hmm. in the mail. Yep. If it wasn't a newsletter in the mail, I'd have my own magazine. If it wasn't my own magazine, I'd be writing a book. Like, I feel compelled to go out and motivate, lift, push, and inspire the Western lifestyle and people who are chasing after Western lifestyle because I know how hard it is. This is hard. It's not easy to be a cowboy and to make a living at it. It's one of the most difficult things I think that a person can possibly do. And I think it's those people who need the most motivation and the most help and the most discipline, the most guidance. Because just like you said, yes, we're influenced by what we see on the phone, but we're also influenced by people who kick us in the shins on the table. We're actually in contact with this says, Hey, pull your head out. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Only positivity here. Yeah. And so it takes, it's maybe a little bit of media. Maybe it's a book. Maybe it's a magazine. Maybe it's Lindsay kicking the shin saying, Hey, get locked in. Yeah. We're going to go do something great today. Yeah. And it's all forms. It's all forms. And I've surrounded myself with that kind of people my whole life. Uh, well, not my entire life, but since I was a grown adult and I lived on my own and I, I moved out and I was able to be 100% in charge 
Uh, I've seeked those kind of people out. One man was Fred Brown from Washington. I moved from Missouri to Washington State to work on a ranch for a guy whom I thought was a mental genius. The first few years you made the NFR, you were riding one of Fred's horses, weren't you? Yeah, the first uh, 2007, 2006, I basically had maxed out my credit cards and my credit line. Uh, and I had $200 to my name. Plus I was, I think I was about 25 to 30,000 in debt. And I was in Canada with a borrowed horse and <laughs> a borrowed trailer. Now the borrowed horse I got from Fred Brown and the borrowed trailer I got from Fred Brown as well. The money I borrowed from the bank and credit card companies, but I didn't even have enough money to come home with. Like, unless you've rodeoed enough to where you have spent all your money and all you can borrow and you don't even have enough money to come home on, like, you don't really know what pressure is. Yeah. Like, the only way it could have been any more pressure is if I had two little kids and a wife there that were starving to death. Like, that would have been a lot more pressure. But I called Fred that night. I'm sleep at, th at this point, I'm sleeping in the backseat of my truck. I called Fred. He's my mentor. He lent me the horse Rolex. Uh, he lent me the trailer to get up there with. I said, Fred... I got like 250 bucks to my name. I said, I am credit cards maxed out. This is the second time I've lost everything rodeo. And the first time it was, I had saved $30,000 in cash and I lost all that rodeoing. And then now not only did I lose everything I had, but then I had discovered credit and I lost all that too. <laughs> and I called Fred. I said, what am I going to do, Fred? I'm like, I'm in tears. I'm in tears. I'm that upset. Cause I'm not like 18 at this point. At this point, I'd, gone through a lot of failure right. and he's like tyson you're gonna be fine he's like focus on the outcome that you want tomorrow make a good run it's not that big a deal you can you're a resourceful guy you can weld you can shoe horses you can frame a house like you will figure out how to get out of this and i'm thinking oh man he's like but whatever you do focus on the outcome focus on what you want so that night i went to sleep in the backseat of my truck uh in Isfell, alberta i'm thinking about winning i'm thinking about you know, how it's going to be uh, great when I actually have a little money. And I go and I win third in the first round and fifth in the second round and second in the average. I leave there with like 4,000 bucks. And then from that rodeo on, I, I placed a 19 out of 21 rodeos and won a Canadian championship on his horse Rolex mm -hmm. in his trailer that he borrowed me or he lent me because I didn't have any money for a trailer. And the next year I made the NFR on Rolex. And rode him at the national finals. He was anxious. He was like 19. But the point is the power of an outcome, it will pull you out of the negative state that you're in. If you will force the visualization into your mind, I'm going to have enough money. I'm going to be able to eat. I'm going to win a championship. I can do this. And then not only you visualize it, and this is a step I learned later on in life, that if I tied somebody else's happiness to me doing well as also. Oh, interesting. So visualize, visualizing what I wanted for myself, but then visualizing how amazing it made my wife feel when I win the American, when I win the world championship, when I win this rodeo, when I can buy a stakes, when I can whatever. Because a lot of times we will put ourselves last, especially mothers do it all the time. They put themselves last and they put their kids ahead. And if you can tie the most important person to it, to you in your life, you can tie it mentally to their success and how happy they'll feel. It will pull you through the negativity. A couple little tricks that I use, but Fred, Fred initially taught me that. That 
I had never thought of it in those terms, Tyson, but that makes so much sense. You know, I was just, I was, I was thinking as you were talking, I've interviewed Casey Field a bunch in my life and Casey's mm-hmm. always talking about, you know, I write yeah. down my goals and we all know what Casey accomplished six world titles, more NFR go round wins, more money than any bareback rider ever. Um, and, and he's always got his goals written down and right in front of him. And, uh, you know, as, as I was listening to you talk, I thought, you know, Steve, you really need to do that. You need to write down three or four things. And then the next thing you say is, and tie somebody else's happiness to it. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. And, and always pick the person whom you love the most. So for me, it's my wife, right. Or it's my children. Right. And so I think about how, you know, they will feel if I accomplish it. Cause for me, like, honestly, let's be real. If I was left to my own devices, I would eat nothing but ho-hos, drink Coke and coffee 24-7, never work out and sleep in every day and stay yeah. up till 2 o'clock in the morning. That's me. I'm not naturally a hard worker, right? It's it, I, you know, because once you have enough money or whatever, it's easy to get sloppy and lazy. But if you say, Tyson, you're going to fill your wife. You're going to fill your God. Your kids are going to look at you like a failure if you don't do this then Mr. Sign me up. I'm ready to get in and take action. Yeah. And so a lot of people I think are that way as well. They put themselves on the back burner and they, and if they tie their success to the way to make the people they love the most feel, then they will take action in on a whole nother level. Tyson, I, I know you've got another appointment. So, and I'm, I'm thrilled about the time that I've had a chance to say with you, spend with you. Let me ask you a final couple of final questions and, and I'll let you get on with the rest of your day. But what do you tell young people about when, when you're talking to a 16 year old potential future roper and there are a bunch of really talented young 16 year old ropers out there or even younger um that that i've had a chance to see at some of the tie down ropings i've announced and things like that about do you start to talk to them when they're teenagers about okay you need to think about someday you're not going to be competing anymore and what are you going to do for a living what are you going to do to to continue to prosper, not just get by, but continue to prosper in your life? Do you talk to them about it when then that when talk to them about that topic when they're that young? I do because I mean, here for me, it's number one. I know your dream and your passion is go be the best calf rubber. And guess what? Go do it. Like go do it. But you should have also some other income vehicles. So when I was young, I was like 10 years old or under, we'd go to all these rodeos. And guess what there was? There was a bazillion beer cans everywhere. My dad, (laughs) we would go to these amateur rodeos and they were just a big party. Essentially, that's what they were. So I'm being me and I'm like, hey, I I need money, right? And that belief got put into me because we had no money. There's a nickel can lying there on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And And dad's like, you need some money? Go pick up cans. I'm like, yes, sir. So I would go take trash bags to the rodeos. I'd pick up all the cans and I'd make a hundred, 150 bucks a rodeo, just like literally filling 10 trash bags up full of cans and then recycling them. That was an income vehicle. After that, it was training horses. Time I'm 13, I'm getting 500 bucks a month to ride a horse. Yeah. Sign me up. I'll ride four or five of them a day and make me 2,500 a month there. By the time I'm in uh, high school, I could shoe horses, right? So I'm getting 50 bucks a head to shoe one. I can go make, 200 bucks a day doing that. Then after that, I'm like, oh, I can buy real estate Hmm. and it can make money for me. I don't actually have to bend over to make a 30 bucks, 40 bucks, 50 bucks. So what I'm saying is for the youth, yes. I talk about making money right now. If you ask my seven-year-old daughter and she knew this at four, uh, I say, baby, 
How do we earn money? She'll respond to you working hard and providing value. What does money earn? Money earns interest. Yes. And only if we do what? We save it, right? My kids aren't, aren't being trained to be, just be consumers and to blow every dime they have and to live broke and all this crap. My kids are being trained to understand money, okay? But then how to earn it as well as, hey, let's be a singer. Hey, let's be a rodeo athlete. Like I have one daughter, I think will probably be a great barrel racer and she loves horses. She can't, she eat up with it. I got another daughter that wants to sing, play guitar, play the piano. Like she's a performer. My son, I don't know what he wants to be. He says he wants to be a bull rider, but we'll see. Yeah. While they're chasing those dreams, I want them to have income vehicles while they're not broke. I think about my wife. She signed a record deal in Nashville, having breakfast with Taylor Swift, hanging out with celebrities. Guess how much money she was making? Zero because celebrities most of the time are broke. Right. Right. But she said, I need income. Let's have a belt buckle company. Well, her family had been in it for 20 years. It was an easy transition. So yes, to long winded, but to answer your question, I think every young person that is out there rodeoing should number one, be working on their craft, whether it's calf roping, bulldogging, bull riding, barrel racing, goat time, whatever it is. But you should also be thinking of some kind of income vehicle that can give you the ability to make money to go do those things. You have, in the course of this conversation, at least three times, mentioned your faith. Um, oh, yeah. That's, I, I know for a fact that has played a very important role in everything you have done for longer than I've known you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the reason I'm still alive. Let's be clear. Uh, I was... I'm not, a, I never was a mean person, but I like to drink. I like to party. I like to womanize. I like to do all that stuff, much like a lot of young rodeo cowboys did. And um, I know right now, if I hadn't have found the Lord, I would be addicted to alcohol and probably an alcoholic. I'm not, I just know me, right? Let's be clear. And my God is why I do everything now. It's why I always put a smile on my face. It's why I work hard. It's why I'm spending time with my family. It's why I do the best I can to be a great father, a great husband, a great business person, a great influence to other people. Like it's the foundation of everything that I do. And I would challenge those people who maybe are living on their own and don't think they need any help um, to just crack, just crack the Bible just a little bit. Read it. Let it begin to get a hold of you. I I'll tell you a quick story. In 2003, I'm in uh, Red Bluff, California. I'm a rookie. I'm enjoying rodeoing. I'm winning a little bit. I'm still I'm partying a little bit, having fun. I go get a free cowboy lunch uh, from the Cowboy Bistro. Right. And it's Ted and Linda Weesey. And Ted, uh, who's passed away not long ago, is a great man of God and somebody I love very much. And his wife is just incredible. They're amazing human beings. They gave me a Bible in 2003. And, this, and I promise I won't bore anybody here, but they gave me a Bible in 2003. Guess what I did with it? I threw it in the glove box of my truck. And it sat there. And every year I'd get a new truck because I'd wear it out rodeo and I'd transfer it from one truck to the next truck, to the next truck, to the next truck, to the next truck. Finally, about 2011, I meet my wife. She says, are you a Christian? And I said, baby, I'll be whatever you want me to be. Yeah. Dang right, I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus. Sure. Well, see, what I didn't realize is that the devil believes in Jesus too. 
And her asking me if I'm a Christian and I, me lying to her straight up to her face gave me this thought in my heart that maybe I should just at least read the Bible a little bit. So I cracked the Bible, start reading it. I'm like, whoa, this is, you know, Proverbs is crazy. Commit your work to the Lord and all your plans succeed. Well, I'm working hard trying to be a cowboy, Proverbs 16, 3. Well, maybe this will work out. And it was just, it just, I read Proverbs and then I read Psalms and then I read Ecclesiastes, all this stuff about wisdom. I just wanted wisdom. I didn't really care about God. I wasn't really interested. But then my wife would ask me, are you a Christian? Yeah, baby, I'm a Christian. No, don't you worry, darling. I'll be whatever you want me to be. Just don't leave. You know, I'm, I'm much like a lot of guys. But what happened is I read the Bible because of Ted and Linda serving thousands of cowboys for free for decades on the road. That Bible saved my glove box because of my wife asking me if I'm a Christian. I had, because I lied to her, I felt bad in my heart. I decided to crack it and start reading it. Once I did, God got a hold of me. And guess what happened? The worst rodeo career of my life or the worst rodeo year of my life the year after that. After I became a Christian, I got saved and it was a test. And guess what? I say, you know what, God? Yep, I'm with you now. I'm not going to be doing any of this stuff. I'm not telling the dirty jokes. I'm not drinking and laughing and chasing. I'm none of that. It's all gone. My friends who I thought were my friends, they kind of would give me a hard time because I didn't do any of that stuff anymore. And then I couldn't win anything. I did is the only year I tried to make the national finals. I did make the national finals. But what I'm saying is yes, when you get saved and, and find the Lord, things may get tougher, but if you stay hooked for a year or so, it will get incredibly better. After that year of trial, top five in the world, next year, world champion. Next year after that, knocking on the door, world champion, get a great horse, get married to my wife, have amazing kids. Like if I watch my life post finding my faith, it's like this, right? The line graph is going up, but in all actuality, it was this. It was up and downs, but my faith is definitely the backbone of everything that I do. And um, it keeps me moving forward and trying to help Tyson Durfee joining us. And uh, you can find Tyson on, like I say, follow him on social media. Um, you know, the interesting thing, all, everything you just said about the Bible and I'm thinking of my background and, and about your faith. Um, it, it seems to me like when I take a look, I'm not sure if this is the one that Ted and Linda gave you, but I've, I've had this, this one in my oh, that's awesome. suitcase and, and, and everything else with me for a while now. Um, and Ted and Linda Weesey touched a lot of lives. They touched thousands of rodeo athletes' lives. And it was more than just free food. It was free savior. Can I just give you a quick story? Just do you mind? Yeah. I, I, I don't know how long you try to make these or not. Uh, as long I'll, as I'll they go, quick. Tyson, I'm more worried about you getting to your next appointment, to be honest. <laughs> well, I want to tell you a story, right? So I, was, I grew up very poor. Like we didn't have any money, like none parents, you know, unfortunately got divorced and, uh, you know, we go for, you know, a week without food and electricity sometimes when I live with my mom, like we didn't have any money. And so I thought everything was about money when I was younger. How can I, so basically achievement, how can I achieve more? How can I be better? How can blah, 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 blah. Right. Well, I met Ted and Linda and I see him feeding all these cowboys. And the first thought that popped into my head was like, somebody's lying in their pockets. Right. I had this belief because what little money we did have when I was young, my mom would give it to TV preachers. So if we had a credit card that had a $2,000 limit on it, 
she would watch the program uh, and then she would max out our credit cards and give all our money to TV preachers. Hmm. So part of the reason we didn't have any money was because she would just constantly give it to these TV preachers. Now, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus. I'm not going to call it any names. I'm just saying that I had that belief because of that's that's my childhood. And I thought if you know people are out there talking about God, it's because they're making lots of money. You know, that's it. And meanwhile, so I see Ted Lynn. I'm like, oh, you know, they're getting tens of thousands of dollars to come, you know, to Reno Rodeo or to Red Bluff and they're they're getting rich. So I uh, one day I'm like, hey, um, can we go out to dinner or something? I'd just like to visit with you guys. And they're like, yeah, of course. And so we got to dinner. I'm like, so I'd like to understand that, you know, in my mind, I was like, I'd like to understand the economics of yeah, yeah. <laughs> ministry. Like, right. I'm like, I'm like, how do you guys afford to travel in your truck and feed all these cowboys and all this stuff? And they're like, well, we believe that God will provide. I'm like, so what does that mean? Like God provide is like Reno giving you a hundred thousand or something like that. And they're like, and, and I did, that's what I'm thinking in my brain, but I didn't say it out in the world. I'm like, how do you afford? And they're like, well, we believe God provide. And then they go into talking about how nice it is that this committee gave them free ice and a free place to plug in. And then how this committee maybe donated some ham or some bread. And I'm like, you're not getting like 10,000 a road to do this. And they're, and they're like, no. And I'm like, what do you mean by God providing? What does that even look like? They're like, well, we believe that God through donations, maybe people, you know, cowboys, uh, that we'll have enough money to go and to do this and Ted and Linda fixed my belief about money and religion and God, because I watched them dedicate, dedicate their lives serving Cowboys for decades and make enough to get to the next rodeo to never to have a massive abundance, never to have abundance, but always enough to serve the Cowboys and to help the Cowboys. And I watched them do it for decades and guess where my tithe check went when they were on the road? It went to them because I knew that it was a struggle. And these people dedicated their lives. And I just think that a lot of people get, you know, twisted, maybe like I did, where they see a TV preacher that's, you know, potentially flying around on jet airplanes and living in a 20,000 square foot mansion. Um, my thing is I like to help those who are dedicated to the cause and and believe, and, and not that the TV preachers don't, but... Ted and Linda Weesey fixed me on that. I realized that there are true Christians that really want to serve. And I, and, and I think some, somebody should be financially okay while being in ministry. Um, but man, their life of service is incredible. Ted passed away uh, not long ago and it, and it literally crushed me. Um, and Linda's still, you know, she's in central Texas now, but we need somebody to fill that void yeah. in the rodeo business. We really do because these cowboys are out putting their life on the line. And, you know, we need, we put a lot of emphasis on winning in the arena, but eternity is so much more important. Well, it's so much more. Um, Tyson, before I let you go, what's next for you? Uh, Speaking, motivating, pushing, inspiring, trying to lift people up, uh, consistently going to wear a cowboy hat while I'm doing anything and everything that I do, whether it's belt buckles, uh, helping my wife on the road, rodeoing, um, any and all that, but that's kind of the mission, everything under a cowboy hat. From Tyson Durfee, the equation to building confidence is simple. Do more than everyone else. Put in more hours than anyone else. Push yourself farther than the rest, and you will be successful. Tyson, thank you for your time. Thank you, sir. 
Tie down roper Tyson Durfee. Today's featured interview sponsored by Classic Equine and by Classic Ropes. The Steve Kenyon podcast presented by M2 Ranch Jerky. Check out the new website, m-2ranch.com. Go to unbeatablefeeds.com. Find out where you can buy unbeatable feeds products. Thanks to the Justin Boot Company, to Wrangler, to Prefort, and to Resistall, to the Grandview at Las Vegas. We're proud of all of the people who help you uh, bring you 8 Seconds Media every week. God bless everybody. Check out our Facebook page daily. We've got all kinds of new content, new stories, new interviews, and new information from 8SecondsMedia.com. I'm Steve Kinney.